everyone. Before I begin, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, Herbal Face Food. I've been talking about Herbal Face Food because I see such amazing results with my sunspots, with my puffiness, because it reduces the inflammation, like my puffy eyes when I wake up in the morning, or even like my double chin. I always feel like I wish I had a better jawline, and I feel like it's coming back, my sunspots, from laying out day after day after day as a child has caught up with me. I have sunspots galore, and Herbal Face Food has helped so much with reducing my wrinkles, Cutting down on my puffiness in my face, I can't really describe it other than just there's this, the puff is gone because it's not plant-based, it's made out of pure plants. And so it helps so much with fine lines, wrinkles, melasma. I have psoriasis, I have dermatitis, like my skin is a mess. I know it's from stress and it's such a relief to have something that doesn't show all the stress on my face. So go to the link in the email or go to herbalfacefood.com and make sure you use the coupon code HARMONY20 at checkout to support the show. Now on to the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 217, Compare and Despair. Welcome to the Harmony in the Home podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Hutchison. I'm a counselor, a life coach, and most importantly, an imperfect mom doing this work right along with you. And my goal on our podcast is to go from chaos to calm, feel less frazzled and have more fun within your four walls to have more harmony in your home. I can't decide if I like titles that rhyme or that are alliteration better or titles that are descriptive like how to change your oil in three steps, or they're kind of fancy. And I thought compare and despair was a pretty fun title. Did I come up with the term? No, but I love when things rhyme. And it's all about how we compare our lives to other people. And that's where we get so hosed up in life. I can't imagine what life was like before social media, because I'm sure there was a comparison out there. I know it happened. And I think it was more with the material things. Like I'm trying to think back in high school. Like there wasn't a lot of compare and despair because there wasn't anything other than maybe the car that a child drove or their shoes. I remember being in sixth grade and I was definitely compare and despair. I was looking at other people's shoes. They had high top Reeboks, white Reeboks. They were so cool. And my mom was like, nope, we don't follow trends. We're getting the Stadias from Kenny's shoes. And I was like, uh, no, we're not. She buys me the... The Stadia shoes from Kinney. I'm in sixth grade, by the way. I'm not like three years old or five years old. She buys me them. I'm not happy. She's like, we don't follow trends. That's that's her only like reasoning. We don't follow trends. We don't follow. The, she was pretty much saying, think for yourself. We don't follow the herds. Do not compare and despair. She was saying all that. But in my 12-year-old mind, I wasn't able to pick up what she was putting down. So I take the shoes. I white out the word Stadia. And I hand write in the word Reebok. I think I even used like a pencil and then I was like, oh, that rubs, that's smeared. So I think I used like a ballpoint pen because I remember the word Reebok was in blue. So I was like, it has to be blue. Like what in the world was I thinking? It shows how my prefrontal cortex was not fully formed. Just like all of our kids aren't fully formed. They feel invincible. They don't think through all the things that they're doing just like we didn't when we were kids. And I have a hundred more stories like that. So I asked the Googles, I'm like, why do we compare? And they said this expert Festinger says, Festinger basically said that people evaluate their opinions and abilities by comparing themselves to other people for two reasons. 
First, to reduce uncertainty in areas in which they are comparing themselves, and second, to learn how to define themselves. So we're using other people as our rubric. It could be other people's marriages. It could be other people's homes, the size of them, how many bedrooms they have, the smallness of them. Because compare and despair also comes from a place of we compare because we either want to feel better about ourselves or we want to feel worse about ourselves. So people usually fall into two ballparks where they compare and find the little guys and be like, oh, I'm better than them. I'm better than them. It comes from it's all from ego, both sides. Then we compare from a place of lack. We're like, oh, they have the bigger home than us. They're better than us. Or they look at other kids, other kids and their behavior. I did this all the time. I'd be at Chuck E. Cheese and I'd be like, how come when I go to Chuck E. Cheese, my kids are code red Klingons and I go to Chuck E. Cheese and there's all these other kids who are like, see you, mom. Thanks for my tokens. And they're both three years old. How is that happening? So I was like, well, clearly I'm messing up. So I came from an ego place of not feeling good enough and using other people's kids and their behavior as a reflection of how bad I was messing up. We might look at other people's incomes where we think, well, they make more money, so they're better than us, or they make less money, so they're less than us. If you've ever seen someone mistreat someone who's they think is the hired help, that's when you can see someone in ego of treating them, let's say they're cleaning their hotel room and they're the, the considered the hired help. So it's like, oh, that's their job. That's how they, versus like, wow, our rooms look amazing. Thank you so much. And leaving them a big hefty tip and thanking them, knowing them by name, telling the manager what a great job they did. But when you see someone from ego, they're either coming from a place of lack or they're coming from a place of feeling better than. Usually the narcissist, the people on the spectrum of the narcissism, I don't want to ever label anyone as a narcissist, but there's always a spectrum of people pleasers on one end, like really extreme, like they would just give up their house and move out and live on the street so you can have their house. That's one extreme. And then the other extreme is the narcissist. You don't think about anybody other than themselves. So obviously there's a spectrum and in different areas, we all fall on that spectrum somewhere. And the goal is to find the Goldilocks balance. Will we find that balance all the time? Absolutely not. So find out what you're comparing yourself to and what area, that's where you're coming from the most lack. When I was coming from a place of looking at other kids' behavior and I just loved how they were just seemed so independent and so free and didn't wanna cling on to their parents that I saw that as a reflection of I was messing it up because I wasn't raising independent children at three years old. But the whole way to, on the way to Chuck E. Cheese, what did I do? I lectured, I begged them. What do we do when you get there? Is mommy allowed to talk to her friends? Or mommy, are you doing interrupt mommy? Like all the rules, all the agenda versus like, you can hang with me until you feel comfortable to be grown and flown at Chuck E. Cheese versus like, you cannot be clingy. You cannot be clingy. I was doing that abstinence violation effect. I was like, you will not be clingy. 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 The whole way to Chuck E. Cheese. And guess what happens? When they got to Chuck E. Cheese, they were so afraid to let go because they're like, this girl told me all these things not to do. I don't know what to do. I wasn't teaching them the right way. I was just telling them what not to do, what not to do, what not to do. Kind of like when teachers are taught when they write the rules for the classroom, they're not supposed to say, don't hit, don't touch, don't run. You're supposed to write on the rules what they're supposed to do, walk in line, use gentle hands, raise your hand to talk, use walking feet in the hallway. If you see a kid running in the 
around the pool, instead of saying, don't run, don't run, don't run, don't run, you tell a kid, a lot of times it's like the Romeo and Juliet effect. The more you tell a child not to do something, the more they want to do it. I know I was like that as a kid. Someone told me, don't run, don't run, don't run. What did I want to do? I wanted to run. They tell me, don't talk, don't talk, don't talk in class. What did I want to do? I wanted to talk in class. But you tell them what to do, use walking feet. That's a lot easier than you don't bring out the rebellious children like me who want to do the exact opposite. And it's not that I was rebellious. It's just nobody really likes to be told what to do. Kids included. As long as there's a balance, instead of telling them what not to do, let's tell them what to do. You might be comparing your kids in sports, other kids in sports, comparing your kids in the sports based on stats, based on performance. So then on the way home, that lecture might come from a place of you're the best on the team or you're the worst on the team and then just have that lecture follow accordingly. You might be judging and comparing other people's happiness where oh, they have such a perfect life. They're always happy. They have such a nice husband. They have such a nice wife. I wish my house was as clean as theirs. Just be conscious about it and don't beat yourself up. You're like, and just tell yourself like, oh, tell yourself the truth. Like, oh, this is what I'm doing compare and despair. And I posted this meme the other day and I loved what it said. It says it was by at not skinny, but not fat on Instagram. I just saw that watermark. The meme was, I really think that like memes like describe how I'm feeling in life. They, they do such a good job. So this is like really the meme for this podcast. And the meme says, when people are like, it always looks like you're having so much fun on Facebook. And then the response is, yeah, well, I don't post the pictures of me crying in my room, Susan. And it was a snarky way of saying like, life is 50-50. Everyone has their struggles. We can't be doing this compare and despair. You might be looking over the summer or even on spring break. It seemed like we didn't do much for spring break, but it seemed like every single person I knew was either skiing or on a cruise. I'm not even joking. I was like, look at that compare and despair coming out. Then it doesn't have so much of a hold on you versus don't, instead of saying don't compare, don't compare, don't compare, you're like, oh, look at me comparing. That's such a normal thing. I see you, ego. I see what you're trying to do. You're either trying to make me feel better about myself or you're trying to make me feel worse about myself. No, thank you. No, thank you. I went on a water slide a year ago. It was the scariest water slide I've ever been on, but I was told in advance that it wasn't that bad. And the whole time I kept saying, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. And when I was done, I was like, who is screaming? No, thank you. Like that. And they're like, that was you. I was like, what? Who does that? But we can talk to our ego like that. Like, no, thank you, ego. I see how you're trying to compare and despair. I know you're feeling small in this area and you want to feel more puffy. So you're comparing. Or I know you're feeling big in this area and you want to feel a little bit smaller. So we're not going to do that either. You might look at other people's and their bodies at their age. They might be heavier or skinnier. Or other people with their friends. They might have a million friends. You're like, I just want to have one quality friend. And this person goes out every Saturday night and goes to brunch. And I've never even gotten an invite. You might look at other people in their jobs. So what area are we comparing the most? And is it coming from lack? Or is it coming from feeling better than? Both places, it's all ego. But we know that every single human on this planet has their own 50-50 to deal with. Not that we want other people to struggle, but there is that strength in that comfort knowing that other people are struggling too. It's like in the dementia support group that I'm in, I get so much comfort knowing that I'm not alone because it feels very lonely and isolating. But you're like, oh, everyone has their own 50-50. I'm not alone here. There's comfort in knowing that. And I remember going through infertility and I was just 
crying to David and be like, why us? Everyone's pregnant. Why is it taking so long? It's been years and we're always negative and our miscarriages are why, 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 why me? Very, very, very feeling sorry for myself, self-pity, which there's nothing wrong with that either. We want to give ourselves a little bit of that. We just don't want to live in that that vibe all the time. And I remember David saying, and he said it so like nonchalant. He's like, Kelly, everyone has their cross to bear. This is our cross to bear. And I was like, oh, that's true. You know that saying about how if we put all of our problems into a pile, we would beg for ours back. Everyone has strengths in their life. Everyone has struggles. This is not the struggle Olympics. A lot of times when I'll talk to people and hear their story, I'm like, whoa, that is a lot you had to deal with. Have you had a chance to like really give yourself like grace and like compassion that you went through all that as a child or as a young adult and like really grieved that part of your story and nine out of 10 times. Well, it's not that bad. I was only abused by my mom, not my dad. I was only abused by my dad, not my mom. It's no big deal. Other people have it worse. And that may be true. Other people have it worse. But when you stay in your lane and you grieve and give yourself compassion for what you went through, versus just stuffing it, stuffing it, stuffing it, then it allows it to breathe a little bit and allows it to give some healing to it versus just doing all the compare and despair, compare and despair, just compare and despair and not coming from a place of like, wow, I've been through a lot and I'm still here rocking and rolling or my kid is super, super tricky and I'm still showing up for him or her every single day. Like go me. It's like, yes, we want it honor the pain. And we also want to give ourselves a pat on the back for what we've been through, honor that struggle and realize that the strength was built in that struggle. Then we're not doing so much compare and despair. And when we do it, we're not beating ourselves up either because we know there is someone on your Facebook feed who is looking at your life and they're using your life as evidence for how they're either better or they're using that as evidence of how they are messing it up. And I can probably guarantee nine out of 10 times when people compare and despair themselves to you, they are using it as evidence of them not being good enough. Not only is it normal for us to do it, it's normal for other people to do it to us. So you might get those backhanded compliments about their grades, about their behavior, about their sports and just know it all comes from ego. We're not mad about it. We're not upset about it because we were just doing that in our head five minutes ago or five days ago, or we said something we shouldn't have out loud. And we're like, that came out wrong. Where's that coming from? So we know that everyone's an emotional childhood and we're all trying to get into emotional adulthood more often than not. Then we can give ourselves grace and compassion. Then we give other people grace and compassion too. And then when you see your kids doing compare and despair, just know that that's part of the human experience, they're going to do it. We're going to do it. And we're not so upset about it. We're not so mad about it. We're like, Oh, I do that too. I do compare and despair. This is part of the human experience. Everyone has their cross to bear. Then they can settle into their story and not be so jammed up about their story. And when we take the pressure off their shoulders, we take the pressure off ourselves. And then we have more harmony in the home. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas. Thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really wanna fill up my love cup, 
send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.